Welcome back to the Forever Young Podcast, a Chinese medicine podcast hosted by Chinese med graduates. Ooh, I started there. Uh, we release episodes every week. <laughs> this is a no judgment zone. It's okay. You can start. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got, uh, I, I got judged, I got judged by a little giggle. Look, I skipped a week. Uh, Sorry. All right. <laughs> we I were judging. I was just, thought, I was just like. Let, let me finish this. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. I'll take that. I'll take that. Let me let I me just f- miss it. let me let me f- so let me finish this opening and then we'll get to the sentiments. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we release episodes every week on a Thursday. If you're new here, feel free to subscribe or follow us to keep up to date with our uploads. I'm Brennan, and I'm joined by my mates. I got Charlie. Hello. Nick. Hey guys, what's going? And good old Timmy. Hey, good old how are Timmy. you guys? <laughs> well, well, well. Likes, you me. likes to point out all my flaws, man. <laughs> hey, nobody was pointing out any flaws. You're right. Nah, look, right. look. I'm a little bit rusty. I missed out on a week. Sorry of my absence, guys. Um, That's okay. You had something on. That's fine. Most definitely. Most definitely. Mm-hmm. All your perfect imperfections, my friend. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That was a shaky start. That was probably the most shakiest start we've had. Uh, and I'll take it as a perfect imperfection, but what's new? Yeah, yeah, we have had positive. plenty of shakier starts. Um, I don't know. I feel like I haven't cracked up. We have to like cut the whole intro and do it all over again. I don't know. I don't know if you we heard. We haven't done one I of those for a while, but you have. you couldn't you couldn't hear my like my my lip quiver when I was like welcome. I hosted by Chan. I don't know. I don't know if that picked it up, but yeah, got it all. Yeah, got it all in the glory. I think it did. Yeah. Oh man. Anyways, I uh, wanted to tell you guys that I did give myself some acupuncture the other day and yeah, I go? well I it was spleen one. I don't Ooh. Know. <laughs> Fantastic reaction. Oh That's the reaction I was looking for. <laughs> my god. <laughs> Why? I've been getting nosebleeds. Um, oh, okay. Okay. And they've been quite frequent. Um, do, you want, do, do you want to explain your logic of why you chose spleen one? To drain some heat. Right. Um, I don't know why. Spleen one. Why? Why the spleen? Yeah. Why spleen? Large, uh, large intestine. Or lung. I was thinking lung maybe. Um, y- there is some method to my madness, but I don't remember. So it's just madness. Um, <laughs> 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 but it worked. Uh, so that's. Oh. That's that's that. But yeah, I have been getting. I I think it's because there's too much heat. In my blood, that must be the one, and that's why the needle's spleen, because it's got to do with blood. I oh, but yeah. yeah, no, but that sounds bad. Did you use like a like an acupuncture, and like just use your needle it, or yeah, did you yeah, try yeah, yeah. Just use train a, it, or no, I just used a, a f- just a needle, um, and I had to give it two shots because I was like had to like bleed it because I wanted to like push out all the heat. So the first time I did it, I just hurt myself, um, <laughs> and then had to do it again and like push it in like deep enough to get some blood out. But I've yeah. I've done a similar thing. I've done a similar thing. Do you know how with that uh, ingrown toenail with that toenail thing that you had? Yeah, man. Yeah, that's exactly I it. Remember no, that. so yeah, I've I, that's that's a thing. Do you know how that happened again the other day? It happened ah. again. Like I don't know what it is. I think it's my basketball shoes. It's just too small. But my toes just got jammed up. And why are you wearing basketball shoes? We're not allowed to play. I mean, like it was like weeks ago, a couple yeah. weeks ago. Actually, I was playing netball. Actually, funnily enough, with basketball shoes. Yeah. Yeah. Fair but enough. um, I landed funny, and then my whole toe went purple. 
And I'm like, yeah, sweet. All right. Um, but a while ago it happened and I tried, I tried using, I think I just lanceted the spleen one to try to drain it out a little bit. Cause it was like hurting. The pressure was real hurting and it did nothing. It did absolutely nothing for me. I think did I did it wrong. Much, did you squeeze much blood out of it? I tried to. I think uh, not a lot, not a hell of a lot. Honestly, it could have been more. I think but, you should um, have done it every day. Yeah, like, probably that might have been better. Yeah. Um, well, it ended up. Did you know? Oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Did you know Yunnan Bayao helps for ingrown toenails? Man. That stuff is magic, but we're technically not allowed to get it here. Is that that powder? Uh, yeah, uh, it comes in a powder or a tab, like a pill form. There's a couple like patent type stuff now. I had mine in uh, as a spray in China. Oh yes, it does come as a spray in China. But yeah, I used used to use the powder. Yeah, traditionally known as a powder, and you like put it on your wounds, and like makes a scab pretty much like instantly. Or if you've got like serious blood stagnation, um, you take the little red pill that's in the cap, and bingo, ringo. Yeah, actually, I, I think I remember using it on my eczema. I think I tried oh, it for yeah. a bit. That's interesting. Yeah, I I tried it for a bit, and it was like very good symptomatic relief because I had a lot of problems with weeping, mm. um, and I just dried it up. I think it was just basically using like using kind of like using baby powder, except just a little like bit more dirt. medicated. <laughs> <laughs> just roll it, just rub it with dirt. Don't worry about it. That's it. What's an infection? <laughs> nah, what? Especially now. Come on. <laughs> 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 Oh, fire up. Uh, what are we going to cover today? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, what are we going to cover today? Today's topic, we chosen uh, to talk about sexual health. Nothing relevant we've ever really talked about other than maybe talked about periods and stuff. But um, we thought we'd dive into a little bit, into some development um, and talk about, you know, like some adult sex stuff. So, you know, talking about libido and arousal and all that and, you know, things that aren't really covered by a lot of... Um, Uncovered a lot by a lot of Chinese medicine practitioners, so I figured that might be a good idea to talk about. Yeah, and kind of take the stigma out of uh, making them a taboo topic, and that's something you know we all don't want to really talk about, um, especially in the terms of like when we get onto male um, stuff, terms like libido and erectile dysfunction and that type of stuff. And also, we might dive into a little bit of STIs, but um, possibly might make that into its own own episode yeah that's a huge category that's a huge category so yeah but like that which i think chinese medicine has a lot to give um in terms of like recurrent uti uh recurrent sexual transmitted diseases and stuff like that yeah most definitely so well we'll start with the development like i've mentioned yeah um, we might as well start with the start with where it's where, where, it, all where it all started where it all started the birds Oof. and the bees <laughs> 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 Uh, I've never heard of like a Chinese medicine practitioner ever refer, refer to like sexual health as birds and bees, <laughs> like just a straight up thing. I don't know. Imagine if they said that in class. Did, did anybody actually get the birds and the bees talk? No. Is that a thing? Uh, uh, my parents were like, "Hey, this is they're covering it in school for you, so yep, you'll be right. See you later." <laughs> and then they're just like waltzed on out of there, like arms linked together and they're like okay we don't have to talk about it because primary school's talking about <laughs> no nah, i remember my my birds and the beast talk was summed up by two words and that was be careful and that like that was it did that come from that your was literally dad or your mum that came from my dad my mum i think now that I, now as an adult my mum was just like complete like almost 
just open about it. And I'm like, oh, God, okay, that's even, that's even, that's even for me. <laughs> too open. Like, right. Yeah, yeah. No, it went from, it just, there was just a period where it was just like, no talking about it. And then all of a sudden, bang, she's open. And I'm like, oh, okay, all right, all right. That's, that's confronting mom. Okay, <laughs> stop. Yeah, uh, anyway. Yeah. Anyway, back on topic. Um, <laughs> so obviously we have a male and female, like, you know, different, um, different ways of development. Obviously the female is a lot more, uh, what's the word? A lot more involved. TCM involved. Wise? That's a word. Um. Yeah. Male development in a different way. Um, does anyone want to go run through it at all? Top of their heads. Are we talking about from like a Western medicine perspective or like a Chinese medicine perspective? How about we? Oh, whatever. How about you go through the Western medicine perspective from the, and then we'll talk about Tianguay and stuff like that, Tom. Uh, you, you always chuck me under the. Water. <laughs> <laughs> you love it. I'm, you love I'm it. I'm just like sitting here. I've got my notes ready for the Tianguay stuff, and you're like. Oh, there's a Western medicine. All right, well, you, 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 should, you should catch that. <laughs> no, because you, you really got the Tianguay stuff. Medicine, you know it. Or if you've got the um, Tianguay stuff, you can you can go for the Tianguay explanation if you want, if you've covered it, you know, you're prepared. Okay, sure, I'll take that. If, if you're giving me a way out, I'll take the way out then. Hey, we're not, uh, we're not uncomfortable here. We're just going to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> talk about yeah, something. Go for it then. The yeah. floor's yours. I'll do, oh, do you want me to talk about the Chinese medicine perspective? Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Okay, um, so in Chinese medicine, my understanding at least for how the Tianguay works for like puberty and growth and development, um, it's sort of like, so the Tianguay is where you generate the essence needed to grow, it's essence for men and women for the fertility and stuff like that, so once your parents do it or have sex, they can, oh my god. Alright, I don't have the takeaway stuff. Show me the takeover. Show me the takeover. Yeah, yeah, yes, okay. please. So basically, um, when your parents have sex, and I guess a fetus or a baby is formed, it gets the essence from the mum and the dad, and that kind of combines to, I guess, help with development. And so Tiangui originates from that, like, kidney energy, um, that source energy, and it basically helps the person grow and develop. And we go through the phases of, like, growing teeth, growing hair. Um, females go through menstruation and then um, towards... Towards the end, I guess it's like your teeth fall out, your hair goes grey, and then the fertility declines. So from what I remember, the female is seven-year cycle and the male is an eight-year cycle. And I think it's like five or six cycles. Do you remember? Yeah, I think that sounds about right. Or maybe it's seven, seven times seven, 49, and that's when fertility ends in females, and then seven times eight. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That was was spot on. Yeah, that was the explanation I was... I was going for when I Are asked for? when I asked Tom to go through the Western medicine stuff. My next question was gonna ask Charlene to go through the Chinese medicine stuff, but that's okay. Ah, oh. uh, <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> I knew. Well, she I try had to the save answer. you. I try to. I try to. I try to save you, Timmy, but I just like slowed down the yeah. bus rather than pulled you off from the bus. You feel me? <laughs> <laughs> now I've got hit by two buses because I didn't prepare for either of them. So it's like, oh. <laughs> it's, um, it's fine. I would I would go through the the Western medicine stuff, but I don't remember the hormones from the top of my head. 
I just remember testosterone and estrogen, not like uh, the follicular cells and stuff. Completely forgot. Yeah, we we don't have so to dive a, too deep into it. Yeah, that's true. Um, the uh, if I believe correctly, it's the gonadotropin releasing hormones that caused the production for like estrogen in women and testosterone for men. Yeah, that help for puberty and stuff like that. That's generally how puberty starts, mm. at least. Yes, um, you, you sort of reach like a tipping point, and then more hormones are produced and so on and so forth. Um. Yeah, exactly. And my understanding, um, I don't know if we should cover the Tenguay now in terms of pu- uh, in terms of puberty and stuff like that. Um, when Charlene mentioned that after the second cycle, I believe, is when puberty generally happens. So Yeah, which you're about uh, 14-ish. So that's that's your average age for, for yeah. I think now. Is Tenguay, uh, just, to, just to clarify, is Tenguay a male and female thing? Or is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah it is. Just to because I, I know from studying it in at uni, it was Tengue was a quite a complex idea. Um, so yeah, that's why I sort of wanted to clarify some of the questions that can be revolved around that. Yeah, it was pretty confusing. Yeah. I think I think for even for the listeners, um, we have uh, for the listeners, I guess, as like the hosts and talking about all the stuff, we have to tread carefully because there's a lot of points where I got lost personally lis- uh, trying to learn the Chinese medicine perspective, and I think the listeners might uh, might also get lost. So we got, I guess, we got to tread lightly, eh? Yeah, but yeah, as you were yeah, saying, Tom. So second cycle, so they're about fourteen years old. Um, they hit mm-hmm. puberty. Then what? Uh, generally, that's when uh, girls tend to get their first period, so their menarche. And from then on, it just continues until probably around 50 years old, which is the... 50 seven. is the... Yeah, so like around seven, the seventh cycle when menopause kicks in and they, can, they can't produce babies anymore, pretty much. Yeah, and the yin slowly declines... Um, and the kidney functions and stuff like that. So essentially, Tenkwe is the Western medicine equivalent for like hormones and stuff like that for males and females. And I think Nick brought up a good point really quietly. Um, he said the yin starts to decline as well. And I think that's really important when talking about like sexual health and development as well. Like the Tenkwe and the yin are quite, and the yang as well, kidney yin and yang are quite closely linked. Yeah, so um, another quite important aspect, I don't know if anybody can clearly outline it, is can we talk about the process of a female getting their period, um, their first period, where the Tiangue is like fills and then reaches that tipping point? Um, Does anybody remember the, the specifics? So I think. believe it's like the Tiangue fills and then, or like the blood is abundant and it overflows the Chong and the Ren meridian and then the bleed happens and that's what a period is from the Chinese medicine point of view. Um, yeah, yeah, is that is what that, you're referring to? Yeah, yeah, that's what I was referring to. And is just to just to clarify one more question that might be brought up, is, is this just talking about the first period or is this talking about the every period? 
also every period, pretty much this period blood is the surplus of the blood that we need or females need in their body. And that's why we get it. And it's also kind of like a cleansing, I guess, as well. Um, So that's why it's closely linked to Tiangui because as we get older and Tiangui starts to decline, there's not enough of that blood to kind of um, overflow and to create a period. Yeah, so how I, I sort of see it is like, you know that tipping bird thingy where if there's enough water fills in it, it goes to look like it's taking some water? Sort of similar to that where it's like once the cup is full, it slowly just tips over and that's how um, it, periods and stuff happen. Yeah, and it's, how I see it's, it. it can be quite important to look at um, when we have a patient that comes in uh, it might be, it might be more beneficial to look at this for like younger patients that haven't quite gotten their period. About you know maybe fifteen, sixteen, somewhere around there. Uh, still haven't had their first period. We can start to look at the Tengue and the Chong and the Ran and the blood, and see what's going on and see if that's why they're not getting their first period, or you know there might be some other f- physiological problem, or you know again later later in life we can um we can discuss, you know, what's going on with the blood and stuff like that. So, um, but not to talk too much about periods and stuff because we do cover that a lot in a lot of our episodes. And um, Yeah, definitely. And I, th- I think it's, it helps to, I know we're, we're, we don't want to go too into it, but uh, for like people with, uh, who've had their first period and stuff like that and are coming in with like problems with their period, not having enough blood, or yeah, having too much blood and just bleeding too much, but yeah, that's right. Yeah, we'll we'll skip over it. Yeah, yeah. Not that we don't want to um, take away from its importance, but there are other things that uh, this episode should revolve around. Hey, Nick, you mentioned something really earlier about looking at um, each patient and things like that, and I think that's a good time to talk about, like during the development cycles and the processes, what can go wrong in these senses. So I'm thinking like when we're, when we're growing at the initial stages, after, during and each stages, if we're deficient or if something's damaged in the meantime, do you, did you guys want to talk about what can go wrong kind of thing in that, in that sense? Uh, are, you, are you referring to like just development stage of life? I mean like development... Kind of like um, development in a, as a general, yeah, pediatrics kind of thing. So we're looking at maybe like maybe stunted growth or we're talking about maybe... Yeah, you want to um, look at like teeth and hair growth. Um, yeah, teeth, hair growth, uh, what are the, uh, I don't know, sexual organ, um, uh, lack of lack of development of se- sexual organs and things like that. So I'm, I'm thinking like people that have a, uh, what do you call it, a congenital, is that the word? Yes. Congenital, um, any congenital defects or anything like that. Um, I'm thinking uh, it also underlines a lot of a lot of uh, menstrual cycle stuff. Yeah, um, it does. Um, but yeah, yeah um, I think this is the answer to your question. I think this is what you're looking for. Uh, for me personally, I look at well, you straight away look at the kidneys and see how they're functioning, uh, as well as the spleen a little bit. But that depends on that's like your postnatal chi. But definitely look at uh, your your kidneys for your prenatal chi. So the chi that you get from your mother and father uh, during uh, birth or during development in the womb. Um, and you can take that, if you've got the opportunity, you can take that a step back and look at the parents and see what type of stuff they had or if there was any problems during pregnancy or birth or 
you know, anything like that, any other congenital defects that might come through and look at the, um, the, oh, I forgot the word. Nice. The congenital, the, the chi, the, what did I just call it? Prenatal. Yes, the pre- prenatal. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. The prenatal <laughs> nice. chi. Um, yeah, you can look at that and then see if that is affecting the development or you can take that a further step and then look at the postnatal chi. So you can look at the spleen and see how well the body's developing um, in that respect and see if they're getting enough nutrients and stuff, especially as they're coming up, you know, to that seven-year-old mark, um, just in terms of, like, bone growth and, you know, how tall they are and things like that, um, and, like, hair growth and teeth. And then when they, you know, reach puberty at, at that about 14 mark, they, you know, they should hit another growth spurt and, and that can start a whole another wave of cycle of things, you know. You might you might see some alopecia come in there, depending on hormones or, you know, depends on what's going on in the body. Um, but I would be definitely looking at the kidneys in terms of, like, the kidney yin and the kidney yang. And then you can also look at the spleen because that's, that's vital in giving the chi and the blood to the body and, you know, pumping up the development because that's, that's where everything's coming from. Would you say that... Um Kidney yin and yang. How much is that go- is is that governed by the kidney pre uh, the sorry the kidney prenatal chi, or would you say vice versa? How would how would you how would you phrase that? Because that's a, that's a little bit of a dicey thing. It is, and again, you can look at the kidney like a tree. Um, you know, the kidneys are the roots of the tree, and if you don't have the good roots, which are which is that kidney yin and the yang and the the prenatal chi. So, if you don't have good strong roots, you know your tree will will, will fall over. Um, so it's you can you can help build up the postnatal chi using herbs and acupuncture and and you know the goodness in life, but lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Um, but you can only do so much for the pre for the prenatal chi. So what you get given, um, and it is often you know what you get given is what you get. So you just sort of have to work with that. That was a good explanation. That was that was yeah, great. That was great. That oh god, is. yeah. I'm <laughs> I'm swooning from all that information. <laughs> Doctor Nick, come on now. <laughs> um, do we have any other notes to talk about uh, development at all uh, before we move on? We all uh, good? No, I think we should. I'm, I'm more. Oh, go, Tom. Yeah, yeah. No, I was, I'm more interested in like the adult sexual health because I feel like once you've hit that stage past that puberty and stuff no one really talks about sex in terms of like problems in the bedroom or like fertility trying to get pregnant from the man and the woman's side and i think that's a good topic to go into yeah yeah so we'll go into more of your adult kind of uh issues when it comes to sexual health is that correct yeah 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 i think that's 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 pretty cool to talk about from like a chinese medicine perspective yeah yeah okay cool i did a little bit of um little bit of sussing on the net and our books and stuff um and it was actually pretty interesting i came across a lot of um libido versus arousal kind of things and they 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 identify them as two different aspects um they of course talk about the kidneys and stuff like that uh but something that's actually really interesting is that the heart plays a lot of the um, plays a big role in, in terms of um, adult sexual health. And it kind of makes sense because after a while when we develop, you know, when we develop and we start becoming sexually active, I feel like that emotions and 
all of that really does play a big role in terms of uh, how you know how aroused you can get, or it does play a role to your libido and how phys- physically and physiologically you can get um, basically have sex and be sexually healthy. Um, if someone is in a bad state of mind, unfortunately, it does actually affect a lot of their sex, their personal sexual health. Um, yeah, which I, is oh, yeah. sorry, I was just gonna yeah expand on that a little bit. Um, you know, because you were talking about mental health and stuff like that, and because their heart does house the shen and uh, crossing crossing grey waters here, but talking about Chinese medicine, Western medicine, comparing you know comparing theories and stuff, and you know heart housing the shen and that leading to things like anxiety and depression and, you know, those type of mental health issues, um, it, it translates directly to Western medicine, you know, depression and anxiety, where you will see a lot of that affect uh, sexual health and and how they view their own body and stuff like that. So, it's yeah, it's definitely interesting to, to comment on the heart being an important aspect here, B. Yeah, adding adding to what you you're saying about how Western medicine comes into it, I know that in um, in psych evaluations, uh, one of the aspects of being depressed and a, a symptom of depression is uh, decrease in libido or lack of like wanting to be uh, to have any sort of sexual intercourse or anything. So that's pretty that's a pretty um, good good topic to kind of like touch on. But so I know that um, in terms of the one aspect of libido versus arousal um can you I'm, I'm trying to think about what what uh which one is what so like if, if heart is to libido or if kidney is to arousal or something like that um just at, just at a first glance just like quickly thinking what do you guys think well i don't yeah no i i did see it in your notes here and i wasn't too sure like because i've never well i've never like tr- gone into study all this type of stuff or anything like that um because it's it's not a topic that interests me a whole lot, but um, yeah, no, I thought it was interesting, and my immediate thought was, you know, your libido is connected to your kidneys, and you know that because that comes back to that uh, kidney yin and yang and and stuff like that, and the arousal, you know, because that's I I feel like arousal is more of an emotional aspect of uh, sexual health. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, you that's yeah, yeah wh- that's 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 great. What is the difference between libido and arousal? So I guess I, uh, I what's a clear-cut definition? I guess the the arousal uh, arousal you can think of as like the more physiological reaction to um you know the, the desire to have sex whilst your um your libido is like the the men- the mental part of it. I feel like would that would you would you feel like that's that's something? Libido that's, uh, that's libido is defined as sexual desire. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Charlene, go ahead. Arousal is like the physical part of it. Yeah. So, so taking taking straight from activeverb.com, one of the blogs. So take it with a grain of salt. It's a it's a blog. Um, it does say that the the desire to have sex is the libido, um, but then the physical physical stimuli for arousal, it, that's that's what arousal is, I guess. Um, and if you were kind of split the two, it actually makes it pretty easy to understand. In, in a way where like in different in terms of different organs so if you think of the desire to have sex to be uh libido um that's your emotional so you're thinking heart and then your arousal is the kidney g so you can have one or the other so you can have a desire to have sex but no arousal and you'd probably go towards you know a weak kidney or um kidney yin or something like that 
Um, and that can be characterized by a lot of different symptom, symptoms and things like that. So it's good to kind of look out for it. Yeah, what are some like physiological responses? Let's say that I have like a strong libido, but like my body just doesn't want it. Yeah, in like the physiological sense. Are you? So you oh, sorry. Say, are you talking no, no, about no, 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 uh, erectile dysfunction? Is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For guys, what about uh, for girls and stuff like that? Because I feel like this would work both ways in terms of libido and like physiological responses. I feel like both men and women have problems with this. I feel like that um, in terms of, you know, uh, the, literally, if we're talking about just that scenario itself, uh, is it, mm-hmm. I believe it's the kidney, is the kidney young that, uh, that forces an erection in a way? Um, so if a, if a guy has a, is, is that right, Nick? Yeah, I would believe so. Yeah. yeah. So if you were to have a weak kidney, I'd say, I'd say that's a, that's a, like, you know, you have a, you have a, a weak kidney because the physical stimuli isn't there to kind of. Uh, give that erection, therefore having erectile dysfunction. Same, say in the same way that like in the arousal works with um, with females. Except actually, I I, th- I think I pertain that more to kidney in a more kidney in deficiency. Is that right? In females. In females, yeah, because you have like you know your vaginal dryness and everything like that. Yeah, no, you could. Yeah, you you're more than likely on the right track. Um, I don't know off like for sure, but yeah, I would. I would be talking, yeah, vaginal dryness and just not being, um, just that, you know, the body isn't prepared for sex, you know, isn't, you're just like... Very nice way of putting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, yeah. Y- your y- your libido is high, so y- your, s- your sex drive is high, but your body just, you know, isn't, isn't willing. Um, and yeah, that's when you're looking at the vaginal dryness and things like that and the erectile dysfunction. Does that, does that answer your question, yeah. Timmy? Yeah, 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 it does. I, th- I think it's, like, important to distinguish between the two, libido and the physiological response, because sometimes you really want it, but you can't get it, and sometimes you can shoot a gun, but you don't want to shoot it, so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a good... I love the analogies. I love the analogies. <laughs> there's, there's no point of having a gun if you don't want to shoot it, is what I'm trying to say. Sure. So. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. Um, Penises are guns. So. So I did want to talk about erectile dysfunction a little bit, um, because it is. It is a little bit of a hard topic for men to talk about, obviously, um, and it can be quite a difficult conversation to bring up with a patient, or. Uh, patients might not necessarily want to bring it up with you, and things like that. So I, I did want to just. Uh, talk about that a little bit and trying to, rem- you know, if anybody's listening or if anybody has any of these patients in mind or knows anybody, you know, to try and sort of remove that stigma of it being so taboo and, you know, something we can't talk about because, you know, it's a strike to our pride or our manlyhood. Um, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a completely normal thing, I feel like. Yeah. And as we get older, physic- physically, you know, our hormones, our hormones decrease. So, you know, sometimes as we get older, we can't, you know, get it up. You know, that's just that's just a fact of life, and it's nothing to be ashamed of. I don't think. Um, I've treated I've treated patients for ED, um, and I think if if I kind of I think I probably probably explain like how you know um, the male arousal works, if that makes sense. Uh, it, the kidney and heart, like I said before, do have a really 
close relationship. But when it comes to, you know, um, getting it up and everything, you know, the heart and the kidney have to be in harmony. So when we're, when we're treating patients with um, erectile dysfunction and things like that, you want to look at what's going on, what's going there on there. It could be just like a, just a acute nervousness and that can be, that can be due to a lot of things, you know, situational or something that's going on at home or things like that. You know, you first, so you first look at the heart and see what's going on. If you look at the kidney, it could be a, uh, that's more of your physical side. What I mentioned earlier, you know, getting older, things like that, the hormones decrease. So you want to see at what stage in the kidney it is. Um, could it be just simply just the kidney young? You have a kidney young deficiency, or it could be the root of the kidney young, which is your either your kidney chi or your essence tian kui. That's that's the kind of process that you'd look at if you were looking at erectile dysfunction. Um, does that put it? Is that in the ballpark? Yeah, that's that's right. Um, and how do you how do you go about talking to your patients about this? Um, what type of questions are you going to be asking? Uh, just to give just to give people that might be listening sort of an idea of. Uh, what's going to happen in those consults and sort of taking the fear out of it, you know what I mean? So they're not, not that they'll be ill-prepared, but they're not so like, oh, what if you ask about this? What if you ask about that sort of thing? Um, so what what type of questions, what type of things are you actually like looking for? Well, like you always, uh, oh, sorry, no, Tim, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, you No, I've talked, talked too much already. It's all you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think for me, at least, I wouldn't ask specifically like, oh, how is your sexual life or whatever. I would more be like, oh, like, do you have any problems? Um, how do I put this? It, it's more of just like generally asking how they are. And if they want to bring it up, I'd be like more than happy to delve into it with them if that's what they sort of are looking to do. But generally for me, I wouldn't be like... So you're, you're probably starting off that conversation with a very open-ended question such as, um, is there any problems with your sexual health? Or Yes, exactly, yeah. And if they want to delve into it, if not, they're more than happy for them to just be like, um, oh, there's not something uncomfortable talking about or, yeah, there's no problems. And, yeah, that's... And what if they're like, oh, yeah, I have some concerns. Um, where would you go from there? Like, what if they're like, yes, I have concerns, but they don't know where to start. So what would you kind of ask them? Right, and, like, leading yeah. them to mm-hmm. be like, to open up to sort of that sort of stuff. Um, I would just generally be like, just started off with like a not too hard hitting question like where's the problem or like what's wrong with you it's more just like oh like what what do you have to share like is there anything what made you feel this way or what started at all more like open-ended leading questions kind of thing yeah and ask sort of like if they are asking like oh i do have some of those concerns like i do have some concerns relating to my sexual health you know i'd follow that up with a, a question such as so what are those concerns um and then, you know, if we are still talking about erectile dysfunction um, and they say, I, I have erectile dysfunction, um, my next questions would be, um, so what, what is the problem in terms of the erectile dysfunction? Is it that you can't keep it hard for long enough or is it that you can't get it hard? Um, that's just my sort of first couple of questions that I want to ask just to sort of scope the, the situation. I know. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, Timmy. Sorry. Oh, okay. Um, Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, thanks, thanks, Timmy. Um, I know that the patients that I've treated, because I mean, like like you've mentioned, all most patients usually find it pretty uncomfortable to actually talk about it. Um, but the thing is, is that the patients that I've treated when it comes to ED is usually the second complaint. So they come in for something a little bit more, uh, 
or sorry, less heavy, so like a sore knee or something like that. And then as they get comfortable, then they start talking about, okay, actually, I do have this problem and I want to see if you can help with that. And it's like, okay, cool. So I think that that, that tells me that the element of trust and the element of like um, comfort, well, that's it goes without saying, but the element of comfort and, you know, the trust there, it, it is very important and it is hard for a lot of people to, um, a lot, it's really hard for people to actually achieve with, you know, us and things like that. We we are we are very intimate with our patients, if that's the right word to really put it, because it sounds really weird. Yeah, but Is we that? are trying no. to. <laughs> you're you're right. We are trying to find yeah. out the ins and outs of their yeah. life, um, and sexual health and stuff like that is is an important aspect. Um, yeah, and you yeah. know, it is. It's not an easy topic to talk about, and it's the you know the exact same as mental health. It's not an easy thing to talk about, um, but having an open environment in your clinic space and reminding your patients that that, that is something they, c- they can talk about and it is something we can help with. And, you know, if they want to open up about it, we're not, you know, trained psychologists or anything like that or psychiatrists, but, you know, we are able to help with herbs and acupuncture to sort of just help calm the waters a little bit. Um, and on that note, so you this patient has opened up and you've diagnosed or you've come up with a Chinese medicine syndrome diagnosis. What herbs or acupuncture would you do, Nick? Oh, very good question. <laughs> <laughs> comes the bus. <laughs> um, I would, acupuncture-wise, I'd be, well, probably looking at the kidney yin and yang aspect and doing some electroacupuncture um, if we're talking about um, ED, I'd probably be looking at kidney, um, kidney, well, kidney ten and kidney uh, twelve. Sorry, I had to put that out there. I fucking I love I love twelve. I love kidney twelve. <laughs> no, I think he like left it open open ended so he could like chuck it straight in the hoop. Yeah, kidney twelve. You are right. Yeah, yeah. I Which, love kidney twelve, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a quite. Uh, which is quite low, um, in like on the belly. Um, yeah, it's so not common. It's a not a common point. No, but it is quite useful, and hooking them up with the electro. So again, you know, coming back to the comfort of your patients and stuff, we've got to remind our patients that this is sort of what our you know what we want to do in terms of treatment, and these are where the acupuncture points are. Always coming back to that informed consent and stuff like that. And yeah, herbs? Yep. Herbs. I don't have a formula off the top of my head, but we're probably talking something for kidney young. We'd like, yeah, it's all gray one or something like that. Yeah, yeah, something something on the lines of that. If it's, um, if it's t- in terms, are we just t- talking about um, erectile dysfunction specifically? Yeah, in general. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> specifically general. Well, look, I'm never good on my herbs. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll, I'll admit it. something you should be working on is self-isolation, B. All this time. <laughs> Loves it. Top of the head. I think I have heard of this. Feel free to explain. Um, yeah.
What was the name of the formula again? Sorry, Tom. Yi Young. Okay. Thanks, mate. <laughs> I think one that's actually accessible for a, a lot of people, and I mean, if there's a listener that is suffering from like ED and things like that, ginseng. Ginseng is also really good for that, or renshin, or uh, what's the what's the more accessible renshin now? What is it? Well, what's an alternative we could use? Because now it's like a little bit Dang hard shen? to get. Dangshen. That's always been hard to get, but yeah. Um, well, yeah. That that's also used um, in Western medicine. Uh, quick fix. Yes. Like quick fix it's all, ED. It's or all, it's, yeah. If you're looking for male enhancers and stuff like that. Um, Renshin is normally the the go to for them. Have you heard about that whole goat's weed kind of thing? I'm not. Horny goat weed. Yeah, Supposedly I've always heard about that, but I don't know what it is. Supposedly it works. Um, there's also another. There's there's a tea that you can get. Um, there's many. There's like so many like is, different alternatives for things like is. this. You you go to, I don't know. They probably sell it at Sexyland and all that. They probably do. They probably yeah, or in the cabinets and everything. I don't know. <laughs> But we probably should end the podcast here. Yeah, yeah, I'd <laughs> um, say so. This is this is about time. So, um, yeah, if you want to sign us off, Charlene, if nobody uh, else has anything to say. Yes. Oh, does anyone have anything else to say? No, nah, I'm good. <laughs> uh, how much is too much? Ooh. Maybe we can leave that for another episode. Stay tuned. Well, why Stay don't... Tuned. This is our listeners' call to action. Why don't you let us know what you think? is too much and then we will answer that question in the next one yeah that's it that's our question to you listeners how much is too much so feel free to comment on our facebook page or we have a facebook group for discussion um follow us on instagram and yeah let us know what you want to hear about next And and as always we're the forever young podcast and we'll hear from you next time Bye. Bye. Bye.